Last 2020 marked the beginning of a new year and a new decade. As with many others, I look at this as opportunity to start life over with a clean slate. But as we all know, 2020 was a series of unfortunate events all under the big dark cloud of the coronavirus pandemic. For me, 2020 is a roller coaster ride that didn't seem to end. Prior to last year, I fell behind my walk with God, fell out of my personal quiet time with Him, and fell into compromise. I entered into a relationship with a married man. There is no way to sugarcoat it. I willingly stepped into it. To be brutally honest, I didn't want to let go. There was a giant hole in my heart that I did not allow God to fill. I longed for love and affection. And so, I drifted in and out of relationships, chasing after it. But it just brought me farther and farther away from the Lord. My yearning to feel loved made me feel deceivingly infatuated, blindly believing in the false promise of a whirlwind romance, a love that would risk everything without regard for the consequences, but at the same time, I was miserable and hopeless. I kept on doing the same things over and over and over again, stubbornly holding on to my ways, trying to justify my immorality. But our Lord in His infinite grace tugged at my heart to get me back on the right track. I knew what had to be done. And so, last January, through the strength of the Lord, I ended the relationship. I got out of the situation wounded, emotionally exhausted, mentally broken, and spiritually shattered. I fell on my knees and confessed my sin to the Lord, asking for forgiveness so that I may repent from the sins against my body, against others, and ultimately against my Lord and Savior. While my sin was completely forgiven in God's mercy, I still had to face the consequences of being in sin. The news of the affair eventually reached others. I experienced threats, stalking, harassment, cyberbullying, and even encountered issues circulating in my office. My family was also gravely affected, which caused unnecessary stress during the pandemic and diminished the peace that we so desperately wanted to have. Truly, sin took me farther than I wanted to go, held me back longer than I wanted to stay, and cost me far more than I bargained for. But our Good Shepherd found me again. He gave me a new heart and He restored everything in my life. After that, I surrendered all areas of my life under the Lordship of Christ. God also blessed me with a discipleship group who would pray and guide me in my walk. The Lord also opened opportunities for me to learn and grow in my spiritual journey, including being equipped through Bible studies. Best of all, God gave me a chance to grow within my own family as I started a weekly Bible study with my siblings at home and I was able to invite my mom and my dad to participate in CCF's Glorious Hope program. This faith journey, however, was far from over. Last September, all of our family who lived together in a small space got infected with the COVID virus. By God's grace, I was not discouraged by this because I knew that the Lord is with us and He has shown His faithfulness to us despite the pandemic. During our home quarantine, we saw how the Lord used our family and friends as channels of blessing to provide for our needs. The local barangay shouldered our swab tests, office mates sent us vitamins. 
In my case, aside from the loss of taste and smell, my body was in severe pain. I had great difficulty breathing because of my asthma. Nonetheless, we fought the virus on our knees in prayer, and we continued to gather weekly for our Bible study. We scheduled a circle of prayer every night, and we encouraged each other continually. God showed me that it was in my weakness that His strength was made manifest in me. He proved true to His promise that He will work all things for good for those who love the Lord and are called by His purpose. The Lord even blessed me with three disciples during our quarantine. After a one-month lockdown, we finally got the negative results we had been praying for. The Lord used this situation to let our family become even closer and stronger. Just recently, my parents who were separated for 13 years reached out to each other, asked for forgiveness, and were reconciled. But before anything else, God first changed my heart. Last year felt like the longest and most difficult year of our lives, yet God used it for our faith to grow and be strengthened further. A year that started with sin and sickness was transformed by the Lord into a year of repentance, transformation, and hope. I am Monica, who was once desperate and hopeless, but now have found the love and hope in Jesus Christ alone. To God be all the glory. Hello, brothers and sisters. What a pleasure it is to be with you. It is our sixth and final day of the prayer and fasting for January of 2021. Now, thank God, because we are now in a new year. And you know, every time there's a new year, it's like we have a fresh beginning. All right? We have a great opportunity to grow and to continue to serve the Lord. Now, today... When you think about the last year, what comes to your mind? How would you remember 2020? What were the greatest effects of the last year? Would you say they were the effects that the pandemic caused? Now, what did the pandemic do? Well, you and I know that there were a lot of COVID cases. I'm sure you know people that got sick with COVID, and perhaps you know some people that unfortunately, passed away. I have relatives that passed away from COVID. Another pandemic effect are the lost jobs and the income. Now, this happened to so many people. I'm sure many, many of us were affected. A lot of us lost our employment. A lot of companies went down under, or if not, they're struggling, they're suffering losses. The economy has just contracted so much. Another effect is the emotional and the mental toll that the pandemic has caused to so many of us. You know, I've heard even in CCF, the cases of depression have risen. A lot of loneliness. A lot of people are suffering stress because of this pandemic. Now, what do we do about this? Today, we are going to talk about Habakkuk. Now, during the time of Habakkuk, this was happening. Habakkuk, as you know, was a prophet, and he existed when Israel was divided into two nations, the north, the northern kingdom, and the southern kingdom. Now, during this time, the Assyrian Empire, which was the strongest, most powerful nation of that time, was already, in fact, inv had invaded the northern kingdom. 
And the Babylonians were likewise attempting to invade the southern kingdom. So as you can imagine, there was a lot of hardships, a lot of trouble during this time. And somehow Habakkuk was there to encourage people. Now our topic today is about trusting God no matter what. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstances, you and I are to what? Continue to trust God. All right? So let's go straight into the book of Habakkuk in chapter 3, verse 1. Let's read it all together. The prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, according to Shigineoth, Lord, he says, I have heard the report about you, and I was afraid. So what was he saying? Habakkuk was admitting that he was, in fact, afraid. Now, who wouldn't be afraid with all these enemies at their doorstep, breathing down their necks and threatening to annihilate them all, to destroy them, all right? And he says, I was afraid. Lord, he says, revive your work. Now, what does that mean? He says, revive your work in the midst of the years. You see, Habakkuk had a good knowledge of what had happened previously. Because time and time again, God had rescued His people from the hands of incredible, powerful enemies. You and I know about what happened in Exodus. And right after that, as the Israelites marched off into the promised land, enemy after enemy came after and threatened them. Okay? And that's what he's saying. He remembered that. And he said, Lord, revive your work. Do it again. Right? In the midst of the years, in the midst of the years, Make it known in anger. Remember mercy. So he was imploring God to do what God had done many, many times, to rescue the Jews. And at the same time, he said, Lord, I know you are angry. Why? Because the Jews have been so insolent, have been so rebellious throughout. Right? But he says, do not remember your anger. He said, remember mercy. Okay? So as we continue... He says, God comes from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covers the heavens and the earth is full of His praise. Now, what was he doing here? What was Habakkuk doing? Let's continue. In verse 4, he says, His radiance is like the sunlight. He has rays flashing from His hand and the hiding of His might is there. What was he doing? He was worshiping God. In spite of his fear, he was asking God, be merciful. And at the same time, he was actually worshiping the Lord. Now, let me ask you, why is it so important to worship God? Right? In spite of all these, these difficulties and troubles that we, you and I are going through, why do you and I need to worship God? It's a very simple answer. It's because when we worship God, we give Him glory. We please Him. And that is exactly what God wants from us. For you and I to continue at any point in time, in spite of the difficulties that we are facing, to continue to do what? To worship the Lord. To humble ourselves and to worship the Lord. You know, the truth of the matter is, worshiping God is the best thing that you and I can ever do. All right? That's the best thing that you and I, particularly when the going is tough, when there's a lot of hardships and challenges that you and I face, like in the last year and perhaps in the coming year, you know, 
you and I need to continue to have that attitude of worship. All right? So what else did Habakkuk say? In verse 5, he says, Before him goes plague, and plague comes forth after him. So what is that saying? You know what? This pandemic, the COVID pandemic, is nothing new. It's not the first, and it certainly will not be the last. If you take things in perspective, the last plague, the last pandemic, was in the year 1918, when there was, for two years, the Spanish flu. Now, just to put things in perspective, the Spanish flu took away 2% of the whole population of the earth at that time, of 2.5 billion. 20% of the entire population of the earth had contracted COVID. Now, I am not diminishing what this COVID pandemic has done. It has certainly caused a lot of pain, right? But if you put things in perspective, the last one in the previous century was a lot worse, all right? And certainly, God tells us that there will be more to come, all right? So, what are you and I supposed to do? Let's continue to read. In verse 6, he said, He stood and caused the earth to shudder. He looked and caused the nations to jump. Yes, the everlasting mountains were what? Were shattered. The ancient hills collapsed. His paths are everlasting. You see, it reminds us that the earth is the Lord's. That He can do anything He wants to do with it. All right? But, what we can take solace, what we can take comfort in is that his paths are everlasting. You see, God is in total and complete control. In spite of the difficulties that you and I are going through right now, God will always be in total and complete control. All right? So, dear friends, as we think of the coming year, of course, you and I, we hope that it'll improve, that this pandemic will die off, that the the vaccines that are now coming online will take effect and that eventually, perhaps, God willing, you and I will go back toward a normal world, if you can call it that, okay? But what if it does not? What if God has different plans? What if the situation, instead of getting better, actually gets worse? Are we going to keep trusting God? Is our trust in God going to be steadfast? Our topic today is about trusting God no matter what. No matter what happens. Whether the situation improves this coming year and the years to come, or if it gets worse, we will not stop trusting God. Our trust for God will be steady and steadfast. All right? So, let me ask you a question. Do we doubt God? Do we doubt Him? In light of all of these situations, are we prone to doubting Him because of what we've been going through? Right? We say, Lord, are you really in control? Do we ever do that? Right? So, our usual mindset, you know, for most of us, this is our mindset. Show me, Lord, and I will trust you. But you know what? God says, trust me first, and then I'll show you, okay? So, is our trust conditional? Do we trust God merely because of what He does for us, 
what He shows us? Or do we trust Him regardless of what He does? You know, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 tells us to trust in the Lord. How? With all our hearts. Not half our hearts, not part of our hearts. And we are not to lean on our own understanding. You know, I know it's tough. Many times the old default comes back into play and, and our minds start to work, right? But trusting the Lord with all our hearts takes faith, right? It takes a lot of faith to do that. The Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And what is the promise? He shall make your path straight. You see, God wants our full and steadfast trust, regardless of the situations in the present or in the future. You know, this pandemic, why did God send this pandemic? Did it do any good? I believe that the pandemic is God's wake-up call. You know that I have been praying for my family my, my mother, my siblings, my nephews, etc. For many years, probably 35 years, I started praying for them. For them to come to a true and saving knowledge of our Lord. You know, this pandemic has opened opportunities. By the grace of God, we started a Go Viral group. And most of them are in Canada and in North America. And you know what? For the last six months, we have been meeting every week as a D group. I'd never thought that could happen. You know, it's incredible how God can move and how this pandemic has opened up a lot of opportunities for the expansion of God's kingdom. A lot of prayers have been answered during this time. God is shaking up the world from a dangerous slumber. You know, God is manifesting Himself. He is giving the world another chance to repent, to come to Him. So, my dear friends, this pandemic has a lot of good that we can thank God for, you know? And so, going back to the story of Habakkuk, he says, decay, enter my bones. So he is acknowledging that his fear is tremendous, that he is afraid that the enemies are overwhelming. But he goes on, in my place, I tremble, he says, because I must wait quietly for the day of distress. He knows it's forthcoming, right? But he's still asking God, Lord, have mercy, have mercy on us. And for the people to arise who will attack us, he is preparing himself. He knows that it could very well happen, you know? So, how did he respond in fear? He said, even if the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vines, if the yield of the olive fails and the fields produce no food, even if the flock disappears from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls, he says, yet I will what? I will triumph in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. And he has made my feet like deer's feet and has me walk on my high places. So what an incredible response from Habakkuk, right? In spite of what he was going through, the fear, the overwhelming pressure, the threats upon him and his 
nation. This is how he responded. So dear friends, what can you and I learn? We need to what? We need to learn how to trust God. Trusting God, even if the vine fruit or there is no fruit, whatever outcome, provision. What about the olives yield or no yield? This is about the resources and the progress or no progress involves the results. So we need to trust God that whether or not these things happen, we still maintain our full trust in God. Last year, as I said, was an incredible year. And of course, many, many of you know what happened to my wife. You know, in spite of the adversities and all the, pro all the things that I faced for most of my life, you know, the one thing I was asking God is please keep my wife healthy. Spare her from any sickness. She had gotten sick prior to that, but you know, God had healed her. And that was my prayer. I was always praying for her to be healthy. But you know what? God had other plans. God did not respond the way I wanted him to. Although I thank many, many of you for praying for Gina while she was sick. I'm so, so grateful for all your prayers. Uh, unfortunately, God wanted her home already. Well, let me just quickly show you a picture. Uh, this is her right here. And this was our last trip together. It was with many pastors, Pastor Peter and, and the rest of, of the team who had gone to Singapore in 2019. And you can see we were with some of the pastors from Singapore. But you know, this was our last trip together. This was her last trip, September of 2019. And um, I remember that uh, from the venue to the hotel, was about two kilometers. It was a long walk. And Gina, like a good trooper, a soldier of the Lord, she insisted to continue walking in spite of the great pain that she was already suffering. And um, after the trip, the pain continued. So I brought her to the hospital. It was a series of doctor's visits and hospital stays. And she was... Um, diagnosed with stage 3B cancer. And after that, we were in the hospital for two months. She went through her chemo radiation, brought her home, and she began the recovery process. But you know what? Her, our prayer was for her to, to get well, to recover. But um, unfortunately, uh, God didn't do that. He, he decided to heal her, um, not in this earth, but in in the next life. And, uh, you know, coming to grips with that was the most difficult and painful experience that me and my children and the other family members and many of you uh, had to go through. And uh, when I realized by middle, middle of uh, 2020 that uh, God was gonna take her home, uh, I said, Lord, um, in spite of all the prayers, you, you said no, Lord. You said no. And um, I was tempted to, to, to rebel against God, to get angry at Him because um, He didn't grant the request of healing her. But I realized then and there, uh, as the peace of God just enveloped me and took over me, that God had, had different plans for her. And um, it was difficult, but, but I accepted it. 
And um, it was God's will. She wanted so much to be with, with the Lord already. And, uh, you know, so I realized that uh, trusting in the Lord is especially crucial when we meet losses and crosses in the world. Even when provisions are cut off, we are to be, what? Supplied by the graces and comforts from God's Spirit. And this happened. This, this was so evident in, in my life, in the life of my children, our family members, that God's comfort and His peace, which transcends all comprehension, just took over us. So when we accept this wholeheartedly, by faith, then He makes us strong and enables us to outrun our troubles, all right? Why do we do this in the first place? Why do we get together every year, twice a year, and do prayer and fasting? It is for us to experience breakthroughs, to become stronger and more dependent in the Lord, to grow in our love and our faith for Him, our trust in Him. And, um, you know, the, the truth is, many times it takes an overwhelming breakdown in our lives to have an undeniable breakthrough. So breakthroughs, they often come when we go through adversities, painful, extreme difficulties in life. So our topic today, as we close, is to trust God no matter what happens, no matter what situation. As I look back, I thank God because at the end of the day, when Gina knew that she was going home to the Lord, her request was that she, she pass away at home in her sleep. And you know what? God granted it. And as I close with this verse, this is what was on her mind. Therefore, let's read it together. We do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Isn't this encouraging, dear brothers and sisters, that in spite of what we face, the difficulties in this life, that we can look forward because all of these light and momentary troubles, they will achieve an eternal glory that far outweighs all of these difficulties. Right? So what do we do? In verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let me, as we close, let me just pray a quick prayer with you. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we don't know what this new year will bring, Father. But Lord, we know that you will always be in control. So help us, Lord, to trust you regardless of what happens, Father, knowing that you know and you will always know what is best for all of us. Father, we just commit ourselves to you. May all of us grow with personal breakthroughs in whatever area we need to grow in. Father, we just commit ourselves to you. We thank you, dear God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you all.